All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, August 22nd. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, and I'm Pat, back from jolly old England and from, uh, I don't know, fancy old France. I'm back in the States. I'm back in New York City. I'm back in a New York groove. And I am ready to talk box office. You know, after a week of eating crumpets and drinking tea and eating cheeses and drinking wine and all, uh, enough of that, enough vacationing. It's, it's time to get back to business. Yes. So much has happened since you were gone. And now let's just start with a good old fashioned plow with our number one movie. Dragon Ball Super, superhero, made $20 million in its first frame. Number two, another newbie, Beast, made $11.5 million in its first frame. Number three, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, $5.8 million, down only 17%. It is now at $683.3 million in its 13th frame number five wait what's going on here hold on top gun maverick number four no top gun maverick is number did you skip over bullet train they didn't have bullet train on the the numbers the numbers is all is all we're looking at the numbers all screwed up a bullet train Looks like it made $8 million for the weekend is up to $69 million total. So that's bullet train at number three. Okay, so number four is Top Gun Maverick. Number five is DC League of Super Pets. Mm-hmm. $5.7 million down 18%. It lost 266 theaters. It's at $67.4 million in its fourth frame. The numbers... Fucked me. Yeah, the numbers The numbers is, 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 is having a weird morning... But we're back on track. That that's your top five. I mean, Dragon Ball one, Beast two, Bullet Train three, Top Gun Maverick four, DC League of Super Pets five. That's what we're working with and, here. And it's funny that Bullet Train isn't on this list because we're not going to talk about Bullet Train because there's nothing to talk about with Bullet Train. But there's a lot to talk about with Dragon Ball Super superhero. All right. Well, I mean, this, I, listen, I got to experience the B.O. Boys as a listener this past weekend. Listen to you, and thank you, Aaron Foley-Chan, for stepping in and co-hosting on the weekend preview episode. Now, neither of you, you both had Dragon Ball Super coming in number one, so you, you both nailed that. But I don't think either of you had this hitting what it did, $20 million. I mean, this is a... This is an overperform again. You know, this is a uh, a situation like we've had in the past with your Mortal Kombat or uh, what was the other movie last year that the anime movie Demon that, Slayer. Demon, Demon Slayer. Slayer was the yeah right. So so these movies continue to overperform. Twenty million dollars. What is this? Is this the same exact? I mean, it's almost the same number for Demon Slayer, Mortal Kombat, and now Dragon Ball Super. Well, Mortal Kombat is not a crunchy roll. It's not a crunchy roll. It is. It, yeah, it's true. Mortal Kombat has been in the has been an IP since the nineties, and is is a different type of IP. But yeah, it does seem like We're Crunchy talk- Roll has the exact same fan base that has gone to see both of these movies now. 
Well, yeah. So we've seen we've seen these sort of anime movies sneak up on us. This happened for years, and the fact is, these things are here to stay. Mm-hmm. Demon Slayer, I think, opened to twenty one or something. I can double check that, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we did have somebody who almost nailed this, and for a part of the weekend, was spot on with twenty three million. Our wannabe old boy Marcus, mm-hmm. who came in with the context for us, Marcus uh, emailed us about how big this movie could be. We also got a great email from Daryl, another wannabe old boy who also was like, hey guys, don't sleep on Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. But he didn't he didn't think it was gonna make this much money. The thing with these is that they're heavily front loaded. So it looked like this thing could go to 23. Mm-hmm. It ended up at 20. But still 20 million dollars for a franchise that hasn't had a TV show since 2018. The main characters in this are the sons of other characters in Dragon Ball. It's a 3D animated, which is the first of its kind. So all these new things. But the fan base got mobilized. Mm -hmm. And Pat, how did they get mobilized? Did they see commercials for this? It had to be during NFL commercials, right? NFL preseason is starting. Yeah, or, or like during Blue Blood, right? Or or like you know late night commercials on uh, on James Corden. I would I would guess that had to be where the 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 fans of Dragon Ball were learning about this movie, right? Had to be during Corden commercials. Yeah, because that's that's where you spend your ad money, right, right? Right. Are you about to say no? That's not what happened here. That's not what happened here. Hmm. So, oh, I'm seeing Demon Slayer open to 27. Jeez, that's right. That over overperformed. Demon Slayer, no, it looks like Demon Slayer in April of 2021 opened to 22.7 million. Okay. That's what I'm seeing here. But anyway, it I mean these movies are all they're both doing way over what the expectations were. So where where is Crunchyroll then? been telling people about their movies if not james corden if not during blue bloods repeats so according to post track and according to anthony d'alessandro only 10 percent of those who bought tickets saw tv ads for superhero Hmm. versus 39 percent who caught the youtube trailer and 22 percent who watched the instagram trailer so they're using the right. internet, and they're using it successfully. And that's the difference, right? Now, here's the thing. These are, like I said, front-loaded. They mobilize the fans for a weekend. Right. That's the thing, is these are these are movies that make a lot of money really quick. Mm-hmm. The Something like Beast, which is, in comparison, Trailer in theaters was 28% of why people went. 16% was TV. Billboards was 15%. Wow. And then YouTube was 20%. So that's the old-fashioned way. Right. And those people trickle in. Those people don't rush and run in and run people over right, and, right. and trample. Not that, that there's trampling going on. I'm just, I'm just picturing it in my head. Right. But there's a lot of people running like that character they wanted to run when they were going to uh, 
uh, take down Area 51 or whatever. Okay. Remember that? Yes, yes. So they're running with their arms behind their back or whatever that that. I mean, it's does. a it's a younger audience for a Dragon Ball Z movie than Idris Elba Beast, you know. So oh, so absolutely. Dragon Ball Z movie, they're getting them on the internet, they're you know watching the trailer and then they're putting, uh, you know, they're buying the ticket, they're doing it all in 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 one fell swoop. There, where is? You're an older person. You're driving in your in your beat up car, and you see a billboard for Beast. You're you're maybe waiting till Sunday to go see that movie. Because it, it it will get to Beast, but in comparison, close to half of the audience for Beast was over thirty five, mm-hmm. and a third of a third of those were forty five and over. Okay, that that's an old audience for Beast. Yeah, and listen, that tracks because. Beast is as old-fashioned a premise as you're going to get. You know, it's it's man versus animal. It's it's a, a lion attacks you or a tiger or whatever it is. And Idris Elba, as much as to whatever degree he is a star or whatever degree he is famous, he's more famous to an older audience. You know, his TV show, Luther, plays to an older audience. He's sort of become known as the the guy that everyone wants to be the oldest bond in history you know like he's fan casted by older people to be james bond he's his yes. fan base is older beast is an old-fashioned premise so it makes mm-hmm. sense that beast is going to play to an older crowd yeah yeah and and so the thing to take from this crunchy role because they've done it before mm-hmm is how can they sustain and get non-hardcores right. to see these movies? Right. That's the big thing. It's like we it's great to have a big debut. But then nobody casually wants to see this movie. Right, right, right. Like even uh, we love a box office success, right? And a lot of times uh, I'll speak for myself if a movie does exceptionally well, I'll rush out and see it. If it does less than I expected, I will maybe not see it. Right, right. Because I don't want that stench of failure. Right, right. This is a success this weekend. I have no inclination to see this film. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always going to be a tough sell because it's A, animated, and B, it's anime. And mm-hmm. there will just always be a a, a barrier to entry where people don't want to see a cartoon and they don't want to see anime. And I think for these movies, as long as they budget them correctly, it is going to be a fine business model for Crunchyroll to continue to put these movies out, get the big opening weekend, and then it falls off a cliff afterwards because Mm -hmm. they don't need these to become big mainstream hits that play for months at the box office. They just need to get the audience to see it all opening weekend, which they've been good at doing, you know, and they just need to not budget these to be $60 million productions. You know, if these continue to be budgeted at around 20 million and they open with $20 million opening weekend, then that's fine. That's all they need. And for theaters, this is a great stopgap yep. during times 
of low attendance. Yep. Like, if this movie wasn't here, Beast would have made $11 million, and that would have been the highest anything made yep. this weekend. Yep. Everything else would have been under 10. Yep. And, and when we say low attendance for the theater, it's low attendance because of low volume of product. It is not low oh, attendance absolutely. at the theater because it's August and people don't want to go or pandemic or people didn't come back. N- none of that. The reason that the attendance is lowering now is because the studios are not putting stuff out in theaters and something like, mm-hmm. like Dragon Ball Z, superhero, super dragon, whatever this movie is called, super, Dragon Ball, super superhero. That is, yeah. like you said, it's a godsend to the theaters. It's it's found money. You know, it's just mm-hmm. something new that they could put out there because the studios, for whatever reason, have decided to put up a gone fishing sign for August and September. And yeah, and, and the it, other, it's it's yeah. I mean, listen, we, we could get into that. It is it is ridiculous what the studios have done to the movie theater business. Uh, this month and in September, it's it, it's a disgrace. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's something that we've been talking about, uh, dreading, and it's finally. I think after this weekend, it's finally, finally here. Yes, of just the lowest of the lowest ebb. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, at least this weekend. I mean, Beast from Universal. It's a real movie. Beast is a perfectly acceptable. August release from a studio. It's, it's, uh, a, you know, a, a fine premise. So guy's got to fight a lion to save his family. Idris Elba is more than enough to be a star in a August studio movie. That one's totally fine. Yeah. But I mean, looking past beast coming out this past Friday, the studios are basically punting on theatrical releases through the middle of September. Mm-hmm. I mean, through, I would say, like, don't worry, darling, bros, at the end of September. The next three, four, five weeks, the studios have completely forsaken the theatrical business. And the theaters need stuff like Dragon Ball Super to, to mobilize these weird, not, I don't want to say weird, but these audiences that are almost coming without any mainstream advertising. Yeah. You know, like like getting the anime fans out to the movie theater is a godsend for these theaters. Mm-hmm. It, it's a shame because we saw towards the end of this summer oldsters really being psyched to come out and mm-hmm. see things. Like mm-hmm. Maverick ignited a spark in them. Then they went to see Elvis and Crawdads and... Yeah. And, and the uh, the one about the old lady buying the dress even did pretty decently. Yes. yes. So it's like now they they might get out of practice because the thing about the older demo and the reason why the older demo is not as coveted for TV and ad ran mm-hmm. media is because mm-hmm. they don't change their ways. They don't do mm-hmm. new things. They don't they don't experiment. Now that's a that of course that there are some that do, but most of them don't. And to have oldsters after a pandemic come back to something that they hadn't done in two years 
is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. to then not mm-hmm. give them a reason to come back again for the next two months is going to seriously impede them coming back again, which they will, but it's just going to be slow, slow, slow. Right. And they're, listen, the oldsters, they tried this weekend. I mean, they went to see Beast. You know, Beast made $11.5 million. This is not some kind of huge hit. But it is at the high end of all the the tracking and the predictions coming into this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, Beast did surprisingly well. And that is because still the old people are really liking going to the movie theater. They're liking going to see Crawdads and Elvis and and Maverick. And they went to go see Beast. You know, mm-hmm. if the studios gave the older audiences just star vehicles, mainstream big movies, they would continue to come out the next few months. I mean, not, uh, I think we're going to be talking a lot about this subject in the next few weeks, but I look at something like the George Clooney, Julia Roberts romantic comedy, Ticket to, is it Ticket to Paradise or Ticket to Ride? I think that it's Ticket movie, to Paradise. Ticket to Paradise. That movie comes out in late October. Why? And it comes out in a, in a really busy then cluster where you got Black Adam and Halloween Kills and it's coming out a week before Halloween. Why is that movie not coming out in the next few weeks? You know, continue the momentum with the older audiences who want to see older stars. They want to see Tom Cruise. They even wanted to see Idris Elba to an extent this weekend. Why is that George Clooney, Julia Roberts studio movie not coming out in early September? That that boggles my mind. Yeah. The way that the studios are just suffocating the theaters right now with a lack of product to the point where their savior is Dragon Ball Super. And let's look at something that did not make our top 10. Okay. And I mean... I'm not a horror hound. You're more of a horror hound than I am. Mm-hmm. I, I know where you're going with this. Orphan First Kill. Yep. Was a day and date Paramount Plus release. Mm-hmm. It made $1.6 million in only 498 theaters. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's number 12 right now. Why was this not just a wide release? I, I, I mean, I think the, the excuse you'll always hear is, well, then you have to spend money to advertise for a wide release, which you which you do, but the I, I don't see how the math doesn't work where they couldn't have advertised this movie, put this in 3,000 theaters, and made a decent amount of money. The first Orphan movie came out in July of 2009, mm-hmm. and it opened to $12.8 million in 2,700 theaters. Yeah, Horror movies are usually pretty consistent for the first few sequels. Orphan has a pretty good reputation as just a dumb, fun horror movie that everyone liked the twist. This second Orphan movie actually has gotten really good reviews. People seem to like it more than the first one. Yes, they're saying it it's bonkers. Ha- yeah, it, 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 I, I don't get it, and I especially don't get it considering... Would a role Paramount had been on through the first half of the year? And obviously, they're still on that role because they're the studio that's got Maverick out there. 
But if you look at the early 2022 for Paramount, they were doing well with smaller genre studio stuff like Scream, uh, uh, Five Cream, like Jackass Forever, you know, movies that you 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 could have seen a world in which a studio would have sent both of those straight to a streamer and instead Paramount put them out in the theater they both did really well good opening weekend saw the legs the audiences were there and they were rewarded at the box office and then the last couple of months Paramount has pulled back with a couple of movies that we both think should have gone to theater Beavis and Butthead do the universe mm-hmm. went straight to Paramount Plus I think the more and more you think about it, that's a movie that easily would have opened to 15 to 20 mil and got to 40 or 50 mil domestic. And now Orphan's the same boat where this movie should have just gotten a wide release and would have probably made 10 to $12 million opening weekend. Especially because you know? there's nothing for horror hounds out mm-hmm. right now. Nope is not a horror movie. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is not a horror movie. Not a horror movie. I mean, look at what Black Phone did this summer. Black Phone is at $88.7 million. Insane. That Blumhouse movie is going to make possibly $90 million domestic. It has a chance. That is just people dying to see people die on screen. People mm-hmm. want these horror movies. And, you know, look at... This time last year, and I think what's frustrating about the box office right now, and and, and uh, more so the box office we're about to enter the next few weeks, is that it seems like the studios were doing, in fact, they definitely were, were doing more, uh, uh, releasing more at the theater this time last year. In the summer of 2021, again, uh, definitely a time when less people were going to the movie theater, less people were vaxxed, all that. But these studios last year, this same weekend, put out the Candyman movie. Yeah. And that Candyman movie, uh, Candyman came out August 27th, 2021. So that's the equivalent of the weekend we have coming up. That movie opened to $22 million in late August 2021. And here we are, August 2022, and these studios are not putting anything out. Yeah. I mean, Orphan isn't Candyman. But no, Orphan, no. at the very least, could have made half that. Yes, definitely. Orphan could have made $10 million and if then, it had gotten a real release, not day and date, and had been in 3,000 theaters. I mean, it was in only 498 theaters. And then do the 17-day window. Like, that's the thing. It's like, we're not right. asking you to keep Orphan off of Paramount Plus no. for... Uh, 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 90 days. No, like Tom Top Cruise Gun is not starring an orphan. No, no, of course not. A beast is a 17 day window. And that's smart. That works. That's smart. Give these movies, something like Orphan, a chance to do a big opening weekend for these theaters. That's all they need. Because Orphan, of course, would have fallen off a cliff. It's second weekend, Mm -hmm. the way Dragon Ball Super is going to fall off a cliff. But let it have that $10 million opening weekend so that these theaters make that $10 million. And again, so that Orphan 
feels like a higher value property when it's on PVOD and when it's on uh, Paramount Plus. Like, I mean, that that's sort of the thinking, I guess, of why they put it in any theaters mm-hmm. is to make it feel more high value on the streamer. But the thing that would have made Orphan really feel high value is if it opened to $10 million mm-hmm. and, and people would look at it and say, oh, that's a big movie that now I could watch on TV in a couple of weeks. Now, speaking of PVOD, Top Gun mm-hmm. Maverick coming mm-hmm. on Tuesday to PVOD. And now, last last episode, me mm-hmm. and Aaron were both very upset about this. Mm-hmm. And I've changed my mind. And you know why? Okay. Because I read an article by the mm-hmm. great Scott Mendelson of Forbes. Oh, the greatest explaining why this timing is the way it is. Okay. Number one, he did say that there is no evidence that PVOD will take away money from the theaters because PVOD, the price range is $19.99 to, right. what, $16.99, whatever. This is going to be a $20 movie. Right. In most places in the country, a ticket is half that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. PVOD is not going to leech the way if it dropped on a streamer. Like if it went to Paramount Plus, that would be horrible. Right, right. The other reason to do this is to set up its awards run. It mm. needs to be available on DVD and Blu-ray and those physical media before it gets shipped out as a streamer to mm. people to for your consideration. Got it. You know, to be put online with links, to have physical DVDs sent out, which they need to. I know I know all of the uh, the uh, I know SAG doesn't want to do it anymore. I know uh, I know WGA doesn't want to send DVDs. You need to send Top Gun Maverick DVDs. Yes. The older, the older voting body, the older members of these voting bodies, they want to watch these on their DVD players. They're not doing logins onto a, a temporary streaming site. So that's why you need to have those physical DVDs, Blu-rays coming out around November in order to really ramp up this for award season. And so the PVOD on the 23rd now makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. As long as the price point for the next, you know, few weeks or month at home is around $20, mm-hmm. it's still not a replacement for seeing it in the movie theater. Yes. It's it's like you said, it's a, a higher priced version of seeing it. So that really will be for the audience that absolutely, A, was never going to see in the theater because they're just not going to go no matter the movie. Or some people who have seen it a bunch of times and want to watch it at home for the fifth, sixth, seventh time. I mean, that's I'm in that camp where I'm definitely going to purchase it on the 23rd, but I'm mm-hmm. also going to see it again before its theatrical run ends. Right, right. So, yeah. no, I agree. That's not... Hey, listen, if, if, if it was announced that this is dropping on Paramount Plus next week, I mean, we would be doing... Uh, 24-hour-a-day shows railing against Paramount, but that is not happening here. I mean, I'd, so I'd be I taking it to okay. the streets, and I'd never right. take it to the streets. No, no, 
No, but we we would be in the streets doing something for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Orphan First Kill should have been a full wide release. If not this past weekend, then this upcoming weekend, when there's really nothing coming out, it would have made double digits, mm-hmm. I think, for sure. Um, again, you're right. It's not Candyman, but Candyman made $22 million a year ago in a much tougher box office climate at the same the end of August. Orphan could have done well. It's these studios are strangling theatrical right now through lack of product. And yeah. this past weekend wasn't, you know, the the apex act. Because again, looking at it, Dragon Ball Super made twenty million, Beast made eleven and a half million. That's all. That's good. I think it's more. The next couple of weeks are going to be really, really painful because of what the studios are doing. Yeah. Now, Pat, do we want to talk about Movie Pass or do we want to talk about Regal? Well, let's talk about Regal because we've sort of already been talking about this. So there is the news that the parent company of Regal filing for bankruptcy, Chapter 11. I think the thing to calm everyone is this does not seem to be the type of bankruptcy where they are they are going out of business. This is not Regal going out of business. It seems to be more of a reorganizing debt type of situation. But it all comes back to it is very tough to be in the theatrical business right now mm-hmm. because, again, the studios are not putting enough product out there to A, meet the audience demand, which we have seen this summer, is there. The audience wants to go to the movie theaters. And these theatrical chains, they're hamstrung by what the studios put out. You know, they're not the the, the Regal, Cineworld. They don't make the movies. All they could do is distribute the movies that the, the studios bring to them. Yeah. So that's the situation they're in. I mean... I I think one of the the I think to me the studio that has the most to answer for right now is Disney. Yes. I mean, I think that's going to be a story we talk about the next few months is that Disney continues to just strangle these theater chains by not putting enough out there. And, and, and devaluing uh, their franchises, devaluing, devaluing Pixar, devaluing Star Wars, devaluing Star Wars, and, devaluing. and devaluing MCU. They're with with all their TV shows. They are devaluing MCU. Yes, we just have not seen the shoe drop yet on it. And, and the Band Aid will be Black Panther too. That's gonna feel like oh, it's MCU. They're unstoppable. That is not the case. Right. That's a band-aid. We'll get into this more, I think, as we do fall preview type stuff, but it's a fall preview type episodes. But I was looking through the fall schedule of releases and two things stuck out to me as just a giant slap in the face to movie theaters is that Disney has a Hocus Pocus sequel. Mm. Yes. And... This is going to, if you didn't know this already, maybe you knew this and you're, you've just been pushing it down in your brain to try and forget. Clayton, there is an Enchanted sequel starring Amy Adams 
that is going straight to Disney Plus. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2 and Enchanted 2 open in October and November, respectively, not in movie theaters, but on Disney Plus. And when you see news such as Regal needing to restructure dead and go into bankruptcy and are the theater chains going to close? Listen, there's a lot of factors, but the, the studios such as Disney putting everything onto streaming instead of movie theaters is a major reason for that. Enchanted FN2 is not going to go to movie theaters. I thought you were going to say Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks. That's going to Disney Plus as well, exclusively. Yeah. I did yeah. not know so, about Enchanted 2. Yeah. And I am Disenchanted. Living. Yeah. So I, I we'll we'll delve into that more in the next couple episodes as we, we have some listen, we've got some big guests lined up, some big insiders. We're gonna be talking a lot of fall preview, but you know, you look at Cineworld, not to lay it all at Disney's feet or these other studios, but the studios need to put more product in the movie theater or they need to accept that the movie theaters might not be there anymore. You can't just put out a few movies a year and then go dark on these theaters for, for most of the year and then expect these theaters to always be there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to have a place to release Jurassic World and your MCU movies and your DC movies, you got to keep the lights on in between those. And, the, and, and that the studios are just not doing that right now. And we're seeing stuff like this this 40th anniversary re-release of E.T., which has gotten really kind of zero buzz. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's one of those things that these studios need to discount their catalog titles and allow these theaters to be, play these big movies again for right. a cut-rate price to keep that machine running right because people will go we saw during the pandemic jurassic uh, jurassic park the original was the number one movie of that pandemic summer Mm -hmm. and yes there was really nothing else to choose from but people will go see these catalog movies at least for one weekend or two weekends and that is again a stopgap right i mean again we'll delve into it more in, in fall previews but look at what Hocus Pocus did in theaters when it was released, re-released in October of mm-hmm. 2020. How does Hocus Pocus doing, you know, comparatively Baffa Bobo in October of 2020 when it's out in theaters again, how does that lead to the decision where Disney then, oh, let's make a sequel and not put it in movie theaters? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. So... Again, I think we got a little astray this weekend because we're, we're almost looking ahead to what we know is coming, which is just a complete dearth of big releases. But I think the takeaway this past weekend and of the summer is that audiences want to go to the movie theaters. Beast yes. made $11.5 million this weekend. That is not because Idris Elba is, a, is some kind of giant star or this was a premise that people just were blown away by. It's because people wanted to see something in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. The audiences are there, but you got to give them 
something. Um, I mean, just looking at this past weekend, I know you said we're not going to talk about it, but I am going to just bring up Bullet Train. Ah, uh, come on. You have this strange grudge against this movie and and weirdly against Brad Pitt as a movie star. No, we had no, that no. big discussion last week. But okay. this movie, the reason I will bring it up, the 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 uh, uh, the thing that we do need to talk about, which is what the comparison I made when we initially had our discussion of whether Brad Pitt is a movie star, which of course he is, is that after this three weeks, Bullet Train continues to exactly pace with Lost City at the exact same point. And I, and I think of Bullet Train does over 100, does 105, that's a big success. And right now, it's pacing to do that. It continues to hold pretty well and is pacing just at the same rate as Sandra Bullock's The Lost City. So I think that is newsworthy, that Bullet Train seems to be a one-for-one comp with Lost City, which we both said was a huge success just a couple of months ago. The, the, the problem is... Action movies make more money than romantic comedy movies. That's why The Lost City was such a success. Bullet Train is a success, but it's not a barnstorming success by any means. It's not a... But action movies, action movies don't necessarily guarantee anything. I mean, most action movies are Jason Statham type movies. You know, or, or Gerard well, Butler I'm thinking type more movies. Of like the Bullet Fast Train the- is not, but Bullet Train is not a superhero movie. It's not that type of big special effects movie. Bullet Train is an action movie that is doing above average action movie box office. You know, it's not Deadpool. It's not uh, a Jurassic Park. It's an action movie that's doing way better than action movies usually do at the box office. Well, good for you, is what I'll say. I, I I don't understand your grudge against a successful studio movie starring a movie star that you have always, in your personal life, really liked. But you have this, this animosity against this bullet train, against this success. I Okay, I, I, I'm not a critic, huh? And I shouldn't let my feelings about this movie cloud my B.O. boy judgment. You are correct on that. This yeah. movie, And you successful. haven't seen the movie. I've seen enough of it. I saw this movie. I So I, I was, uh, you know, I don't know. Remember if we mentioned I was vacationing in Europe this past week. I went to go see Bullet We all Train know about I your w- European vacation. Not I went to, of the National Lampoon I, variety. I had one hour to kill in between uh, uh, events on my calendar, and I stopped into a French cinema to see a uh, unsubtitled uh, French language version of Bullet Train, and got to watch like the first like thirty minutes or so because there were previews, and then I had to leave and all that. And it was a very enjoyable thirty minutes of subtitled in French action. Uh, I, I was enjoying the movie. I'm now more inclined. I looked at it as that was an extended trailer experience. Mm-hmm. And I am looking forward to 
using my AMC A-list in the next few weeks and seeing this film in English in an American movie theater. It's fun. It's a fun movie. People are liking it. It's doing as well as The Lost City. This is a success. And I think it's just at the least another sign that older audiences want to go to the movies. Yes, because Brad Pitt does skew older, definitely. Right, right. Now, real quick, because I just want to say one last thing about Beast, because we I did invoke a movie called The Ghost in the Darkness from 1996, mm-hmm. the Michael Douglas, Val Kilmer underperformer mm-hmm. that opened to $10 million. And I said, and I think Aaron as well, said that we did not think Beast would open bigger than The Ghost in the Darkness, and we were wrong, because it Mm -hmm. did. So admitting Mm -hmm. the fact that reality did not match up with our expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... You you go. Well, I was just saying, I mean, Beast, I'd Beasted better than we were expecting. Mm -hmm. Not much better, but better enough. Yeah, better enough. So real quick to wrap this up, we were tipped off about this movie pass finally rearing its head again mm-hmm. by one of B.O. Boy Josh mm-hmm. who texted us mm-hmm. because we are uh, friends. We're close friends. I mean, close personal friends with, with him. Yeah. We were friends before he became a wannabe O boy. Yeah. So it's, I don't know which relationship supersedes what. Is he more of a friend? Is he more of a wannabe O boy at this point? You'd have to ask him. But he he did text us about the the movie pass news. So it also broke on deadline, but he got an email. Now, I did not receive an email about MoviePass. Did you receive an email? I did not. I don't know if Josh specifically signed up for something at some point. I mean, we, of course, have been in contact with the MoviePass organization. We interviewed Stacey Spikes back when they made their big presentation. I think it was in the spring. But no, I didn't get an email, but... What what Clayton is the the news that they shared today? What is going on with MoviePass right now? So, I went to the MoviePass website, and it has a countdown clock. And under this countdown clock, it says the new MoviePass beta app will be accessible by invite only. When the timer reaches zero zero, the waitlist will be open for five days. All who join the waitlist will receive priority access to the service and 10 friend invites. Space is limited. Once the waitlist is closed, the only way to join will be through an invite from a friend. Now, that's from the website. There's a mm-hmm. countdown to a waitlist, where as of recording, it's two days. When you're hearing this, it's going to be less. It's probably going to be a day and some change, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on yeah. de- deadline, they mentioned that it's going to be tiered pricing, right? 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30... It's going to be this whole Web3 thing again where you get, like, credits and stuff. hmm hmm And I'm going to sign up when this clock goes zero just for research purposes. Yes. Yes. I, you, you owe it to our audience. It's an interesting strategy in that they're not trying to get uh, a cri- – they're not trying to get everyone at first. They're trying to get – I think build some excitement. I mean, wait lists are always exciting for people. Countdown clocks are exciting. Having mm-hmm. to get invitations from friends. It, it makes this feel cool like a, in a, a way community. that I don't know. If, 
Yeah, a community and and a happening in a way that, listen, I, I don't think the relaunch of Movie Pass was going to necessarily feel like a cool event. So they're trying, mm-hmm. you know, by having it be invitation only and a wait list. Because obviously, deep down, they want as many people as possible to end up using this. Yes. Um. Though, I guess there also is some degree of, because in that announcement, Stacey Spikes, the CEO, did talk about how, listen, we're going to make mistakes, there's going to be hiccups, you know, sort of already preparing everyone for maybe not a cluster fuck, but some level of issues in the relaunch of MoviePass. So maybe they just want to limit it to the most forgiving audience possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I am- they know there's going to be- they know there's going to be screw-ups. Yes. And I'm famously a MoviePass apologist. My relationship with MoviePass runs deep. Mm-hmm. It's very emotionally... Uh, I'm very wrapped up emotionally in MoviePass, so I do right. think that I'm the prime demo for this. Mm-hmm. Now, the mm-hmm. actual subscription is opening on Thursday, August 25th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sign up for it... Do it then, and we'll all take this journey together. Yeah, I mean, who knows what this is going to end up being. So it's going to be really enlightening to actually be there. So the, the once you get on the waiting list, it just gives you the opportunity to then choose which pricing tier you're signing up for. There's no yes. free version of this that you get for signing up. Like, Apparently, no matter what, you've got to pay to be Stacey, part of this. Stacy was talking about a beta earlier when we interviewed him, what, last year? Yeah, I think that has come and gone. I think now it is just the actual paid subscription is, is in effect. Yes. Uh, well, we'll so. keep up on this, obviously. Uh, we won't be able to talk about this. We may be able to talk about it. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it next Monday, I think, when I sign up, because we have a very big yeah. Thursday show that I guess we can announce. Yeah, I mean, let's go for it. So we've got a special guest lined up uh, for the end of this week. We're actually going to have to be recording that on Friday. Yes, Friday. So show. it'll drop late Friday night or early Saturday morning. But we have got Matt Bellany who is the founder and editor of Puck News. He's the host of the great podcast on the Ringer Network, The Town. He's been the editor of The Hollywood Reporter. This guy is as inside of an insider as it gets. And he is going to be coming on the B.O. Boys at the end of this week to talk the summer, the industry, the state, the state of affairs for all of movie and all of box office. Matt Bellany is going to be on the Bo Boys later this week, so That's that is huge. going to be gigantic. That is gigantic. Another thing before we go that is gigantic: talking Top Gun, all-time domestic. It is finally beat Avengers: Infinity War. It's at six hundred eighty-three point three, beating out Infinity War, which is at six seventy-eight. Now, we're not going to clap for this because Mm -hmm. this was inevitable. I think we're going to save our claps and any of the claps that were sent in, like our wannabe boy Nathan who sent in recorded claps, get your claps in because we are going to clap when Top Gun Maverick beats Black Panther. 
Yes, that'll be the next big, and that'll probably be the last movie it will be able to pass. In its initial release, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that that's going to be a big one, um, and it's probably going to happen in the next three, four, five weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing to keep an eye on in terms of Maverick is this is a prediction I made famously on Twitter probably two months ago at this point. And I think it's 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 make or break time and then in the next three weeks is will Top Gun Maverick wind up as the number one movie at the weekend box office and it's you know in the next few weeks. You know, I predicted that before its initial run was done, Maverick would get to number one again. Mm-hmm. And I think that that Labor Day weekend or the weekend after that, the, you know, either the weekend of Friday, September 2nd or, or Friday, September 9th, I think those are its two shots to become number one. So that's going to be a big story for us to cover is will Maverick get to number one at a weekend box office again? Yeah. I mean, we we ourselves cannot start a campaign because that is a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. We do not want to move the market. That's not what we're here for. We're here to report no, no. on what is going on, what people want to see, what people don't want to see. That does not mean that the fans can't start a grassroots get Maverick back to number one movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fans can do that. That is something the fans can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there it, is a slight... Oh, well, listen, we'll talk about it later in the week. There's a slight chance... That could happen this upcoming weekend, the weekend of of the Friday the 26th, if Dragon Ball Super just completely falls off a cliff and Beast has a 60% drop. I mean, maybe, but I think it's more the Labor Day weekend or the weekend of September 9th. Those are the ones where Maverick could get back to number one. I think it would need to come with some sort of promotion from the studio as well. Yeah. Like they did with yeah. the posters for that IMAX mini re-release. It would There would have to be some sort of get your wings, you know? Right, 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 right. It would, so, it would basically need to be a weekend where Maverick gets all of the, the PLFs. Which I mm-hmm. guess is not going to happen Labor Day weekend because that's the Spider-Man re-release. More fun I mean, version. Well, you know what? It's something. It's, it's something it that these movie theaters desperately need. It's a bad title, but it's definitely... I mean, listen, like we're saying, stop gaps. We need them. Right, right. All right, Clayton. So, yeah, if listeners want to uh, send us claps, if they want to send us predictions, if they want to sign up for movie pass and then let us know how their movie pass journey goes email us at the bo boys podcast at gmail.com well pat i don't think there's anything left to say no except for until next time we'll we'll smell you at the, the- Box Box Office. Nailed it. Nailed it.